2: gentlemen and welcome to getting it out podcast that was endless sting by love interest they are a what do you call that post-punk band based out of detroit Uh, they just released a four-track ep called mother wound Uh, out of detroit that's that's a coincidence that this is episode 313 by the way why did i remember that that's the area code for parts of detroit uh probably because of eight mile i mean like Definitely, probably because that. Why else would I know a random city's area code like I do for some reason, uh, Detroit? Uh, let's credit Eminem, he's taught us a lot. One of those things is uh, the area code in Detroit. Uh, I feel like that was part of his reps. Everybody in the 313, something like that. You know, whatever. Just good pop culture, relevant, and all that coming at you here in 2023. Anyway, back to Love Interest, the band. Uh, they're really cool. There are a, uh, what do they call Is there five members? Is there six members? I don't know. I don't have a picture in front of me. I don't have a list, but I do know it's members of Hellmouth is a band, which just, like doesn't sound like this. Right, so if you think hellmouth, you don't think of this temple of void, which again doesn't sound like this, uh, but you know, human eye, another band that you know doesn't sound like this. Do you get what I'm doing here? Do you understand what's happening anyway? This new EP is out on council records, council records uh, responsible for previous excellent, cool records like the new clockwork. It's got a tube amp or a time bomb or something that looks like it's going to explode on the cover. It's a yellow black background. Uh, It's a very cool record. I'm just going off of my mind's eye here. Kirby Kiss has put out all their stuff on Council Records. That's a getting it out favorite. Wrong War, the guy who runs Council, has a great band called Wrong War and releases stuff under that band. that LP that they put out last year was Terrific. Chef's Kiss. Uh, They just put out another seven inch, I believe, as well. And there was also a seven-inch between a four-way split with Kirby Kiss, Wrong War... Grey Cell, and I forget the fourth band. Again, this is just off the top of my head, but I should talk to you more about Love Interest from Detroit. Anyway, it's great four-song EP. As soon as I saw this re- was released on Council, I checked it out, and it wasn't at all what I was expecting, but it does fucking rule, and you just heard proof of that. But uh, if you want to go hear the other three tracks, I encourage you to go to their Bandcamp page and listen. That's loveinterestdetroit.bandcamp.com slash album slash mother wound check it out for yourself on this episode of the podcast i've got an interview with josh weaver of royal thunder we're talking about their new album rebuilding the mountain it just came out a couple of days ago we'll get to that but first you know what time it is hot zone Chicken. So this is the first post-Taylor Swift pod in getting it out podcast history. Post-Eras tour in getting it out podcast history. Uh, yes, I, I told you, warned you beforehand on a previous episode. I definitely mentioned it that uh, several times, I'm sure, that my family and I were heading to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to catch the Taylor Swift Eras tour. Maybe it's the Eras tour. I don't know. You get the point. Anyway, you've heard about these shows by now. Big deal. Big deal. Spent six hours waiting in a digital line to get tickets. And, uh, it was worth it. Uh, would have been more worth it to sell them. I gotta be honest. My wife and I discussed it many times and I don't think we ever seriously were going to do it. But when your tickets, uh, suddenly increase in value by, let's say a hundred and well, it's more than a hundred, it was a lot of percent. Okay. They were a hundred dollar tickets. And, uh, you could go up into, let's say about 1500 a piece by, by, by game day, by show day. And, uh, we didn't sell, we kept them and I'm glad we did because it was a very good time. I've never seen, I say this jokingly to other people, but I, I mean it seriously too. I've never seen our kids be like super, super happy, like as happy as they've ever been for a three hour or more stretch like that. Like they didn't want anything. They just wanted to watch the show, um, and it seemed like that was the case for the other seventy-two thousand people in uh, in the stadium, Acressure Arena. No, not Acressure. Acressure Stadium, formerly known as Heinz Field, which any Pittsburgher will tell you that it's Heinz Field. Uh, it was good to be back there. I haven't been back there for probably a little more than twenty years. I went there once to see a pit. Versus Toledo game. And I only remember they were playing Toledo because there was a sign outside that said Toledo drinks piss. And that was really funny and stuck with me forever. So, uh, second time ever at Heinz Field. It was a great time. Uh, funny crowd watching. It was uh, a spectacle. People really dressed up, really got into it. That was their own thing, whatever. But I'm talking like everybody. And uh, the. Funny thing, my wife made a comment when we were getting there, like they should convert some of these men's bathrooms to women's bathrooms. Oh, they did. Oh, they did. In fact, on our section, the whole top level on one side of the stadium, I found a single men's bathroom. And in that men's bathroom were women. And uh, hey, for a guy who's pee shy, that's the last thing I need. All right. It's hard enough for me when a dude walks up to a urinal like three away and I haven't started the stream yet. I, I, I can't go. I just I just go wash my hands. I leave. I come back. Try again. But when you put a, a whole line of women behind you standing there watching your back while they wait in line for the uh, for the stalls, uh, that's this an impossible task. So I pulled it off. I figured out a way that you could. It, the, we, we, the women were only lining up to one side of the bathroom. So you could uh, go in, walk past them and there's urinals on the far side yeah, that you could pee in peace um, without these ladies in there. Hey, you have every bathroom. All right. Why do you got to be in this one? And what if I wanted to take a shit and you do doing your hover piss all over the toilets? I'm all for inclusivity. Is that the word? I'm all for uh, whatever. Have your bathrooms. I don't care. That's cool. Uh, well, if I only have one, can you not pee on the seats in here? Uh, my options are pretty limited. All right. Uh, not that it, it's not an issue that came about, but uh, just uh, hypothetically is something that I, I'm feeling like I, I want to be enraged about. Uh, I'm not quite enraged, but you know, you get what I'm saying. I need something to complain about because otherwise it was all good. It was a good show. Who opened? Gracie Abrams opened and then Girl in Red and then Taylor Swift, of course. And uh, here's the one thing that I really appreciated. Uh, she came on at, like almost precisely at eight o'clock, which uh, didn't wait for the the sky to get dark or anything, which was nice because I didn't want to fucking be there all night because I knew that it was like a three and a half hour show. And it was and uh, it was it was very impressive. Uh, I don't think she had to sing a whole lot. Uh, or dance even is kind of impressive how little she did and uh, was still made for a very entertaining show. When I say she didn't have to sing a whole lot, I'm sure she was singing the whole time, but she had four backup singers and then the whole fucking crowd was singing every single word of every single song. So I don't know. I don't know if I heard her, um, but it was, it was good. It felt like a spectacle. There I use that word? It felt like a culturally significant event like it's the thing of the summer so I was happy to do it last year I'm sure I mentioned before I drug my family to Metallica in the Buffalo Bills Stadium this year it was Taylor Swift in uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers Stadium we've already started discussing what we're going to do for next summer usually we go for a northeast city that's drivable from our home here in Lancaster Pennsylvania and try to see a a big musical act while on a like three-day weekend in the city of choice so if you see anything coming, please let us know. Everybody's on the table. We're not genre specific. It's just our thing. A couple of years back, we we did Cleveland, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, so if there's a theme: Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Metallica, Taylor Swift, Cleveland, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, uh, AFC teams. All right, that seems to be it. AFC teams. Uh, we can't do Philadelphia because we're there all the time. Baltimore, I'm very familiar with, of course. So we got to go a little further. Maybe it's D.C., but we've tried to go north. I'm just working it out here in my head. New York City, Madison Square Garden show, I think would be cool. uh, But that's still pretty close. Uh, Whatever. You you get what I'm saying. Uh, And then there's no significant cities in New England other than Boston. Sorry if that offends anybody. And my wife and I were just there a couple of years ago. So whatever. We're going to figure out anyway, if you somehow have the chance to go see Taylor Swift without spending $15,000 on tickets, $1,500 in tickets, then I suggest you do um, just for the experience, for the fun. And uh, don't be such an uptight asshole. Go enjoy other types of music, other types of people. Um, I did. My family did. It was it was a cool experience. Glad we did it. Anyway, wanted to share that with you because I know you come here for Taylor Swift updates, but I also uh, wanted to share with you, an interview I did with Josh Weaver of Atlanta's Royal Thunder. I've been a fan of Royal Thunder for a long time uh, since their first album came out, since before their first album came out. I think we talked a little bit about it before we started recording, but uh, there was a issue of Decibel, which was like um, women in metal. And uh, their singer Melanie Parsons was on the cover along with a couple of other ladies. And I think it, I think it came out, that came out before their first LP CVI came out on Relapse Records. And uh, that interview in there uh, got me interested in the band. I picked up the CVI record when it came out at Soundgarden, uh, the record store in Baltimore, Maryland, in Fells Point, and then called them when they played. They opened the Pig Destroyer Book Burner record release show at the Auto Bar in Baltimore. So I've been a fan for a long time. Called them a couple times. Uh, I've liked every single record they put out. Their new one, Rebuilding the Mountain, which is out now, available everywhere, is just as excellent as the last few. A little bit different. Still very good. Uh, and uh, I talked to Josh all about those things. And we're going to get to that. But first, I'm going to play you a song from that record. This is the second track off of Rebuilding the Mountain. It is called The Knife.
3: It, man, I guess I started the band around 2004-2005 with my brother and one of my other best friends. Uh, it just started out as a three-piece instrumental band. Um, and from there, uh, they were tattoo artists and they were really just getting their career started. And I really, you know, kind of started it out as like nothing too serious, but I really took to it. And, uh, you know, it's kind of my baby, you know, I got really attached to it and they kept tattooing and I kept pursuing music. So, uh, got in touch with like, started playing with the original drummer, like the first guy that played on the EP at CVI, Jesse Stuber. <laughs> and, uh, and Mel. she started playing with us and, and hopped on and, Started singing as well, and that's kind of how we got
2: started. It seemed like for me, it was like, Here's here's this band, here's CVI, they're on the cover of magazines, they're playing the auto bar. Like it it was, it all seemed to kind of come out. I feel like you played like the Pig Destroyer record release show. We did, I want to say. yeah, I did. Okay, yeah, I was at that one, yeah. uh, but I, I lived in Baltimore, I was there all the time, and, and uh, it was just like this band that kind of came out of nowhere for me. So, I'm curious f- for you, did it seem like it kind of came up quick, or
3: you know, was it, it was kind of a long. It was a little bit of a long process. Atlanta is not the the easiest town to kind of break into, but we, you know, at the time, we just kind of took, you know, a, a Monday night at a at a club, you know, and just kind of worked our way through, you know, like we just would give it our all, you know, there might be Mm -hmm. one or two people there by Monday night. And then the next thing, you know, we got a Wednesday night and then, you know, a Friday night and then open up for bigger bands. But it was, it was definitely, um, it was definitely a process for sure. Um, and has been a process,
2: but it's, it's been good. Yeah. Good. Well, um, this now the the album that you're, we're talking about we're getting to talk about is uh rebuilding the mountain it's your it's fourth lp or do we call it the fifth
3: that would be cvi so funny i, it's, I don't even think about cvi <laughs> Wick no, cvi crooked doors wick so that should be the fourth lp and then we got the ep the self Self-titled EP. Yeah, I didn't
2: know I not know what you classified the self-titled as. So that's it's why a I was bit
3: longer than a normal EP. So but yeah. 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 So I guess the fourth. Yeah.
2: So that's not bad for uh, that's not bad output for a band that's been around as long as you guys. That's that's actually pretty good. But it seems like it seems like it's been a little bit since Wick. Um I forget what year that came out. I feel like I caught you on tour then. Maybe you maybe that was around the time you were playing with Crobot and it's in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, so I, so I just been, I just been, again, I just getting back to the fact that I've been a big fan of the band, uh, this whole time. And what I've always, what I've always found hard to, uh, to explain to people maybe is what you sound like, what Royal Thunder sounds like. Is that a weird thing that you've found yourself in?
3: Um, I would say so. I mean, I always just say it, it's just so much easier to say rock, but like, yeah. you know, it, it, but yeah, I mean, I think that it, a little bit, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's definitely a lot of influences that come out in the music that I don't, you know, I, I don't even think that, you know, sometimes it, like when we're in the studio, you know it's like when you, when you're playing something you're playing with a riff and then you finally start to hear it all together it's like oh that kind of reminds me of this or that but you you know consciously writing a song I'm not like I want it to sound like Nirvana or I want it to sound like you know fill in the blank you know right so yeah it it is a little hard i mean i think that our roots are in A heavy scene. So we did get classified for a long time as like a doom band, which I don't like, I still just say we're rock band for sure. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it it is, it's a little, it's a little hard. I I generally just say rock at this point though, or alternative rock.
2: Right. Uh, Has that, do you feel like that's been a detriment or an advantage to Royal Thunder or maybe even both that you, it's kind of hard to define. You'd be able to transcend a few different genres by playing a hard to define sound?
3: I think it's good. I mean, you know, it's, we've gotten like really great. I mean, it's always so crazy to think that we've toured with like Dillinger's skate plan. And we also toured with Wilco. So so there's definitely like, I think it's for the good, you know, I mean, I think that there's, still a lot of markets that we've never even played, you know, so it's really exciting to be back at it and hopefully just play a bunch of markets we've not played.
2: Yeah. It's funny. Even, even going back on what I said where I saw you with crowbot and I saw you with pig destroyer, those yeah. two bands are pretty fucking far apart, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. on the, <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: for sure. on yeah. the, on the spectrum. Yeah. But, uh, so the one thing I always like to ask bands, uh, is that if there is maybe, An influence, a sound that influences like you guys—that's not as obvious. That maybe, maybe it's just you personally. The way that you play something that you pick up—that's that I probably wouldn't catch.
3: Um. Yeah. I mean, I. You know, I think that like when I was a kid, I got a guitar probably in maybe nineteen ninety one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and then I think 91 or 92 is when Nevermind came out from Nirvana. Yeah. And it just changed it for me. I mean, it's like, it made me pick up the guitar, you know? And I think I, I think I learned how to play like the beginning of, uh, it Smells Like Teen Spirit and like Come As You Are. And that was it. Like after that, I never... <laughs> I never learned anybody else's songs. Really. I just started writing my own stuff. And, uh, but that being said, like, I, I definitely, you know, Nirvana is a huge influence. Mm -hmm. The Cure is a huge influence. The Cult is a huge influence. Um, those probably, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, like all of those were huge influences on me. Um, right. So they're definitely, it's definitely in there. I mean, I just the hours of listening to it, you know, and listening mm-hmm. to those records. Um, you know, I, I think even like even some of I when when I first started out, I played with very little effects. And then as time went on, I really got into more gear, more effects. And, uh, you know, there's one day I, I got into playing with delays and I started to solo. And then I was like, man, you know, it really, it hit me. I was like, damn, man, this kind of reminds me of like after uh, completing a song, I was like, kind of reminds me of the cult, you know, how Billy Duffy will use like some delay on some of the leads and delay on the guitar and, and same as the the cure, you know? Um, so those would probably definitely be the biggest influences.
2: That's cool. That's very cool. I, uh, just out of curiosity, how old are you? Uh, 43, 43. Okay. So you're a few years older than me, but you know, I'm, I'm in the same age or age range. And it's, I always talk about, and my wife, we just talk about growing up in that time period and, it's just real weird to like think about now, like how heavy music was that was on the radio, like mainstream oh, yeah. music that everybody was listening to was for the most part, like pretty fucking heavy and yeah, there's a lot of heavy music. and very cool. Like maybe it's just cause it was like our era that we look back on it so fondly, but I also like, I can't imagine there's, uh, I mean, even like if you talk like the, uh, the new metal stuff in the later nineties or early two thousands. Like I feel like that still wasn't as heavy as what was happening before. And it's just weird that it was so normal and it was like the choice of music for everybody. And I think it's, that's cool. I think we feel, I feel like privileged that that got to be what we came up with.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that anything, I mean, I, I feel very fortunate to be born when I was to experience free internet Yeah. Yeah. and And to see, I feel like in some ways the internet has definitely killed creativity in Mm -hmm. in a, in some, in in a, in a form, in a way. I mean, just because I I feel like you can see everything and there's always like a, a, um, you know, the internet's definitely a a place where things are compared and like what's Mm -hmm. it's, things were a lot slower I think you know you would get an album open it up and read about it you know read all the lyrics look at all the artwork um it's just and it's crazy I mean like seeing coming out of like the like into the 80s into the 90s the rock was like it was mainly hair metal you know and then like Nirvana hit, man. And they're just, there really hasn't been anything that explosive on the rock scene that literally changed the face of music almost overnight, you know? Um, so that was, I'm really glad that I got to experience that. That was really cool, you know? Um,
2: it was a wild time, man, to just like have normals like Alice and Alice Chain's Soundgarden, yeah. Nirvana, like at their heaviest on. The everyday radio, yeah, it's cool. But any, anyway, we don't need to talk about yeah, yeah. 90s nostalgia, and yeah. let's let's talk more about Royal Thunder. Again, I told you that I've been listening to you guys for a long time. We started with the you originally released those first two records on Relapse, and uh, last one Wick, and I believe this one as well, or in Spine Farm, which is like a what are they based out of? Is somewhere in Europe, right? Uh, New York and Europe. Oh, okay. All right, there we go. I got half right. Yes. Um, but it's a, that's a, it's an interesting label because they cover a lot of, a lot of ground. And, uh, but I imagine it's gotta be good for, uh, for you guys though, to be a part of that, right?
3: Yeah, they've been great. I mean, they've been huge supporters. Uh, they've, they've been great team to work with and we're really stoked that they gave us another chance to do another record, you know? Um, very excited to be working with them and
2: you know yeah the the last one wick was great as well i feel like you guys haven't missed yet which you can't usually say about a lot of bands four albums in you know usually four records in i feel like there's a dud but yeah i don't feel like you've hit that yet and uh, i've listened to rebuilding the mountain a lot over the last few weeks and uh, or last week or two and I think you've you've done it again. A, lot of th- a couple things that I think are different about this record than the previous. One that I noticed right away is the songs seem to be shorter. Yeah. Overall, I mean, there's a couple longer ones, but not yeah, not very long ones. Uh, what was was that a conscious decision going into it to shorten things up?
3: No, I just think that we've been playing so long, you know, even. We just, you know, touring and playing and and writing, picking up the guitar and our instruments, like, especially for me, like picking up and writing a song, I feel like I've been able, I feel like I can say what I want to in a shorter amount of time and still be able to build the dynamic and, and and get across what I want to in just a shorter amount of time. Um, I mean, I, I, there's certain, uh, you know, there's certain, I guess I kind of write stuff that I'd want to listen to in a way, yeah. you know, subconsciously. And, you know, I like, I mean, there's a place where I like really long songs, but generally I like, sure. I like shorter songs. I like songs that you get to it, you know, grab me and then get my attention and, and draw me in. So I think that that's a part of it, possibly.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That makes, that, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, uh, rebuilding the mountain I know was, I guess, I mean, how long has it been since the last one? So 2017, I think. So, yeah, so, so six years. So yeah, this one happened over a pretty large period of time where a lot of shit happened. I know yeah. personally for you guys and just in, in the world in general, you had, you, you, you you went down back to a three piece um mm-hmm. what's the what's been the big i don't know what was the what was the driving force behind this record like was there a was there a um I, I don't wanna say theme i don't know what like what what do you feel like really pushed you guys on this one
3: well I mean I think just having a second chance that our label gave us you know we kind of the band dissipated before covid and you know we we just you know we were making terrible decisions like in our personal lives and there was years of things in my personal life and i think in all of our lives that we just weren't dealing with you know we were going on tour and and uh drinking a lot partying a lot and that became like number one you know it's like it wasn't something that happened overnight but it was definitely something that was like at some point the music was no longer number 1 it wasn't right. a f- seat so so i feel like you know a lot of stuff started happening and uh, you know we just you know the music was suffering because of it. i think the business aspect of it the actual music you know we were just we were taking you know, we're thankful for any tour that we've done, but we, we just weren't thinking out touring, you know, we were just going and going and going and, and, uh, you know, and it's just, I think this record is like being able to like, Hey, you know, the band dissipated, having a time period in my life where, I got things in order, you know, and, and, you know, quit drinking, quit partying, like, and really made the music number one again in my life. And also, you know, getting back together with Evan, you know, during the pandemic, um, that was awesome. You know, I mean, we all had, at that point worked through a lot of personal stuff in our lives and we able to like communicate with one another to make peace right. and to actually like, you know, come back together and, and play, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and in that, you know, we, we started demoing and during COVID, uh, you know, remotely and, you know, we hit up spine farm and like they, you know, we told them, Hey, we're, we're, we really want to do another record. We're serious about this. And like a lot has changed. We're ready to do it. Right. And the fact that they gave us another chance, you know, and believed in this, it's really awesome. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of the, the story behind it all. I mean, I guess is that like the motivation and is like coming out of a very very hard time in our life, you know, coming out of, you know, overcoming personal stuff that had built up over time, um, mm-hmm. that was overlooked. You know, it's like, it's really easy to get in the habit of going to the bar and not facing shit in your life that you need to. Um, but actually, um, looking at it, like dealing with it and, and um moving forward and trying to grow, trying to do the best you can with what you got, you know, um, and that's kind of it, you know, it's like, we, we came out of a dark spot and I feel like, you know, there is, there is definitely, you can, I think that there's darkness in that album, but there's also, I think, hope, you know, there's definitely like, um, yeah i mean for me you know musically i think that that's the aspect of it and i think that there's a lot of that lyrically you know going on in the album
2: i agree and there's one song in specific that that i that i caught that on but also like knowing from from the press materials and everything you know knowing that like the, you guys sobriety through all this had was part of the fuel for it was this all like, was this all uh, was 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 COVID a catalyst for any of this being isolated? Like, is was did that have anything to do with this well, whole I got, process? I
3: quit drinking before COVID. OK, so, I mean.
1: um Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.
0: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
2: I didn't know, and the reason I asked that, I didn't know if, like, having the this taken away because of something out of your control, you know, shifted things for you, but doesn't well, sound it,
3: right. I mean, it definitely helped reflect, you know, I mean, I think it definitely helped, uh, me focus I, all of us to focus on ourselves, you, you mm-hmm. know, and look at ourselves. Um, I think that, um, yeah, I think that it, it was a helpful tool, but I, you know, I definitely got to a point where I was like, I just, you know, I knew that if I wanted to live a good and productive life, I had to stop, you know, that's Mm -hmm. just just what what I had to, you know, I had to like face, face that. So that and, and having COVID, you know, it it was definitely a growing time. It was hard, but it was good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I am the pandemic's biggest fan. I tell everybody I had a great time. By sitting here at home alone, not home alone with my family, but yeah. you know, like as somebody who didn't really have to do anything and got to work from home and just hang out, I thought it yeah. was a great time. But I know, but, but then like, but I'm totally aware that that's not the case for everybody. <laughs> for everybody. Most people, yeah. it was miserable. Yeah. You know,
3: well, I mean, sit, man, I don't even know. If, I mean, I, I probably, I, I can't imagine what state I would have been in if I would have kept drinking throughout the pandemic. It would have been pretty. Wouldn't been a good. So
2: there, were, there was a a period here where I think we went. I don't. I think we drank every day for two years. Like, like yeah, not I'm hard. You know, it. just just it. just a couple of beers. You know, and then eventually be like, yeah. hold on, just hold on a second. So you know, like let's take a month off. Let's take you know, let's yeah. just because. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hear
3: that. It's easy. I mean, I love beer. I just can't drink it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: yeah well uh one of the the song that i was that i had just what's the word alluded to uh even though I, I i listened to the whole record and was reading the lyrics actually i was probably the annoying guy at the gym today sitting on the machines because i was reading <laughs> reading lyrics uh, and i was listening to this song but uh i i was listening to pool specifically and like i made a like a note to myself that like it, it seems like a kind of seems like an uplifting song in disguise when you read the lyrics to it, but that, but that, that not being the only one, um, but that was definitely one where I felt like there was seemed to be a, a positive message, even though maybe it doesn't sound so positive, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's in there.
3: Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of that in the music and the lyrics for sure, man. And I think it's a lot of people can relate to it. You know, I mean, I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's like life is, I always say like life is not what you think it was when you're like 16 years old. It's like, not at all. You know I mean? It's just like every, we live in some crazy times, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty wild to live through anybody to live through the pandemic, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, or just to face depression or, you know, it's just, you know, I think that it's, But there's hope, you know, I mean, sometimes there's not, it feels like there's not hope, but hopefully within the album, people will have some type of hope or, you know, Mm -hmm. something that they can relate to and know they're not alone in that. You know,
2: Would you say that there, that's, that's a theme or a concept of the record or is everything kind of stand alone track by track?
3: I mean, I think that like, that just is like a part of like, I think it's just what came out of us, you know, I mean, I think it was just a natural, like where we were at in our lives and, and what came out and, you know, um, so I don't know if it was, I don't, nothing, it was not an intentional theme. Right. You know? Um, it's funny when I'm, when I'm in the middle of it until it's like completely done, it's like you, like it's always been this way with our records it's like i really don't know what it's going to look like or sound like you have a basic idea but you know Mm -hmm. the general vibe of the record is just not not until you're like pretty much done with the record you're like wow it's kind of like a surprise you know yeah sure so
2: well part of the way that i consume it we can anybody the listeners consume it Is the way you sequence it. And I found the sequencing of it very interesting. And because I feel like that can, I'm sure most people would agree that the sequencing of a record can really affect the way, you know, it's, 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 well, obviously the way it's heard, but the way it's processed. And I felt like, Drag me as the opener, which is actually the longest track on the record, was an interesting choice, and I but I like it. It kind of lulls you in, but the track that I am loving is right in the middle. Live to live, mm. and uh, like the, that that thing front to back um is great. I got I it reminds me of a little pallbearer in there with some of the tones you're hitting. Like there's just some really cool stuff in that in that song, and I don't know that it totally. Like obviously it sounds like you guys, but it also sounds different for you, and I think that's why one of the reasons why I appreciate it so much. But it's a, but anyway, that's my favorite track on it. But the awesome. but to my to my question on the sequencing is to have those longer songs in those like in those seemingly important parts because to me that would be the beginning of side A, the beginning of side B. I don't know how it actually splits, but
0: yeah, yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I think that like I've always obsessed with that kind of stuff because I don't sing, but like for me, even within a song, the way that the song flows, the way that it, I feel like you know, we started. I started the band as an instrumental band, so like I feel like even without vocals, like I want the, the music to tell a story. So you know, with each song, and then in addition to that, like the, the group of the songs to tell a story from beginning to end. So it's pretty, you know, that's, um, it's a lot, it's a lot to think about. And I, you know, it's something that I spent many hours thinking about and like going over in my head and like, and compiling and figuring out like, to me, like, you know, just the flow that I wanted to have from beginning to end, you know, just to tell the story. So, um, that's cool that you noticed that, you know, I think that that's like, to me, that's very important. Um, yeah. The flow of an album.
2: Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, like I want to listen to albums. I know that's not the way the world wants to do it anymore. Or wants us to do it anymore, but I want to listen to albums. And I think that's important for albums like this because of the way you sequence it. And like, like I said, the way the drag me slowly kind of brings you in and then you got that middle with lift to live. And then the, even the way it ends, like, I feel like it ends. I forget the ending track, but, um, but anyway, it it just, it it ends like you feel, You come out feeling good about it instead Mm -hmm. of like a lot of times at the end of a record, bands tend to put like the, the sad, slow song and it doesn't feel like it ends that way. And I think that's, that's a cool touch.
3: Awesome. Thank you, man.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, rebuilding the mountain, of course, that can be uh, interpreted in many different ways. Is there a direct thing? Is there something that you guys are saying specifically with that album title?
3: I mean, it, it it kind of just... I mean, it's funny that it all fittingly just came together with that. I mean, I a lot of times we'll hear like phrases or something that'll catch my ear or... You know, you know, like something that builds a visual in my head when I hear a string of words, and like I remember before I quit drinking, and I remember that it was like, you know, I'd probably been up partying, and it was like, you know, like six or eight a.m. in the morning, I, I would have like a a TV with a antenna on it, that I would get like free cable off of it, and I would always keep it on like a Western channel and there was like some Western on that was like, I remember them. Maybe I just heard it wrong. Maybe I didn't, but I remember they were like, it was like a mountain that had been mined and like they had blown the mountain up. And one of the guys in the Western was like, we have to rebuild the mountain. And I just like, I just pulled my phone out and just wrote rebuilding the mountain, you know? And like, yeah. Because for some reason at that time, it just resonated with me. And, you know, I think it, it's it's appropriate. I mean, I feel like we, we are rebuilding something, you know, in many ways. I mean, in our personal lives, after the band dissolved, after COVID, it's all, we're rebuilding, you know? Um, yeah. So I think it's one of those things that just it all formed together to make a meaning, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where the title came from.
2: That's a cool title though. I like it. I like it. Does the, well, wait, no, I was, I wanted to say something earlier and I, I forgot to mention. So I want to go back to it. You mentioned just Mel's vocals and uh, previously, and she's such a strong vocalist. (laughs) Like, yeah. You know, like, every band wishes they had somebody who could, who could sing like this. Uh, and that's, you know, the, something anybody who listens to Royal Thunder is going to hear immediately. You're going to be like, holy shit. And there's yeah. certain, certain parts on, well, every record in certain songs where she, she hits these parts that are just pretty impressive. Is there, I, I would, I, I guess what I, as you were talking, I was thinking about is attempting to overdo it when you have someone, someone good at that good at your disposal to like, you know, that most bands wish they had, is it ever like, you know, do you have to like take that into account? Like, well, not too much. Or is this just something that you guys have, you guys know what you're doing and you've worked it out the balance.
0: Uh,
3: I mean, I think the balance naturally happens and like her voice is, I think just another instrument, you know, that fits so well together within the, the music you know the bass the drums and guitar i mean i think that it all everything has its place um i don't think i think that we're pretty like i don't think that we'd ever want to overdo it ever with anything you know like with solos or any type of solo or you know yeah i definitely like balance so i think um you know the songs have to have a flow i believe and You know, even uh, even on this record, like I think that she's found a lot of power from just holding back. Like Mm -hmm. in the past, she's like, you know, I think that a lot of that, you know, I mean, even playing guitar, like we, you know, I play like full stack, you know, and now like I play like combo amps, you know, as my main rig, and and you know, it's like when you're younger, I think that like you're just like. Falls to the wall, like more volume, louder, harder, you know. And like, I think that um, I hope that in our like getting older that we've, you know, there's power in actually in restraint you
2: know yeah absolutely there's sound in the silence man yeah, yeah i know exactly what you're saying and the yeah. and and i guess that's that's sorry i'm sorry i totally just cut you off and that's no, no, no. and yeah, that's, that's cool. what Go i ahead. think is that's what i think you guys do so well and that's why i ask that because it it sounds natural but i mean i could just see somebody with you know a, vocals like that a band with vocals like that just hammering it and just putting it on you all the time and yeah it kind of takes it would take away from you know eventually that takes away from what it is
3: well yeah it would be one gear for sure you know mm -hmm. it'd be like you know she could yeah i mean she could technically belt it out the whole song but like and we could just be on you know on 12 you know the whole time but like then you're not gonna have you know then the enjoyment of change and flow and ups and downs like you won't have that enjoyment. It won't, there won't be a highlight, you know? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, Um, exactly. So. Yeah, very cool. I that that makes perfect sense. And I think you guys do that balance perfectly. Um, The, I wanted to ask you about the album cover. Mm. Is that just a random artwork? Is it, what is the, I mean, it's, I I, obviously I've seen, I don't mean, what is it, but like, tell me about the album artwork.
3: Well, I got into tattooing like, coming out of, um, the pandemic and, uh, my brother owns a shop here in Georgia. And, uh, he asked me if I want to have a tattoo and I was like, well, yeah, man, why not? You know, um, I grew up in tattoo shops. I grew up drawing, I grew up doing art. Um, but music took the, you know, took that, um, that first position. So, right you know, I got into drawing more and and doing art because of the tattooing. So, um, it was one of those things where I was working with an artist, Orion that actually did crooked doors album cover. And, um, he was throwing me some ideas and there was one day that I was just sitting there at the tattoo shop and it was a little slow. So I just started drawing and, um, it is actually just something that came out of me, you know. Something that oh,
2: um, I didn't even know it was you. I didn't know it was your art. I, I had yeah. no idea. I, just, I was so, just interested in
3: it. <laughs> yeah. So it was something that I just it came out of me. You know, it was definitely like, um, I really just was going at it. You know, I was like, okay, you know, I got, I got the ability. You know, so why not try? And I just pushed through and actually the guy that was coming up with the cover and the album artwork, I sent it to him and he was like, that's it. He's like, that's, he's like, it's amazing. I love it. Like, so I don't have much experience with like doing layouts, but I came up with a cover and, um, the album artwork for the cover. He was able to work with me to come out, come up with like the motif of the inside and, you know, work. But, um, yeah, that's, that's how that came about.
2: That's cool. Again, I, I didn't know you, I'm looking at it over here on my other screen. I didn't know that you did it. I just yeah. was looking at it. Like this is interesting and, and, and certainly different from the other stuff that you, you guys have yeah. had on your covers. So sure. I thought it was cool. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, who produced the record? Uh,
3: a fellow by the name Tom Tapley. He's, is you that know. a guy
2: you've worked with before?
3: No, no. Uh, Joey Jones is the guy mainly we worked with before.
2: So, Why Tom this time?
3: Oh, uh, we just wanted to try something different. Um, you know, I think it was, uh, you know, it's kind of, we had kind of a new beginning, a new slate. So we kind of wanted to really just try something new. So we did it, you know, and I think it was good trying something new because it got us out of our comfort zone. Um, so we're, we're stoked that, um, we did that.
2: Good, good, good. Well, um, this is obviously, uh, not your first record, right? We've been over that, uh, but yeah, but you released a few and this one seems to have a lot of weight to it, but what do you, what are you most looking forward to with the release of rebuilding the mountain?
0: I don't know,
3: man. I, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's very strange. Like I'm one of those people that like I complete the records done. And then I'm like, I'll probably get a copy of the vinyl and like put it on the <laughs> record player and listen to it. But after that, it's like, I probably won't listen to it. <laughs> unless, really? Yeah. Unless it's like on the radio somewhere. Or, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's exciting. It is very exciting because it is actually like, for the first time. Like, I feel like mentally I'm, you know, we're more present. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it coming out and it being put out into the world. And, um, and, you know, I, I hope that there's people get inspiration out of it one way or another. Um, but it's, it feels good. You know, it feels good to be back and doing it and actually, um, releasing something, you know, I I don't think five years ago, I I would have believed that I would be doing much of anything with music. You know, I thought it was pretty much
2: done. So did, did did you guys, and maybe I missed it. Did you guys like officially break up or something or was it just There
3: was no press release? There was no, it was just, it was done, man. I mean, we had, we yeah. had rode the wheels right off of it, man. I mean, it was just like, we were all burnt out. We all like, it's just.
2: Wow. That must've been like right after I saw you for the
3: last time. Probably so. Yeah. We, we had like, I think we had, we had had like three people fill in on drums after Evan and, and you mm-hmm. know, while we were so thankful that those people filled in, it just, it just wasn't right you know it wasn't the right fit and you know i think we were going against the grain trying to make it work you know and we just weren't on the right path with it at the time right so yeah
2: well i mean i think by all accounts it seems like you handle it the right way or are handling it the right way and uh got it all back on track the record's great i mean I could talk to you about that all day long, uh, say, but I'd be, be repeating myself. <laughs> um, the, it, but, I, but I, I really do enjoy it. Um, uh, I'm very happy that you guys did stick it out and come back, give it another run. Uh, so the record comes out Friday, June 16th. And then what, what's what else for Royal Thunder this year?
3: We have a tour on the books in July with uh, Royal bliss. So, uh, it's, it's mainly, I think we'll be heading up, you know, uh, East coast up North mm-hmm. and I believe we'll be hitting some Midwest spots. So, um, that's coming up. Um, I don't, we don't have anything announced for the end of the year, but we definitely plan on having something. Um, yeah. and hopefully next year we'll, we'll have like maybe a spring tour and hopefully we'll be hitting Europe.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's funny. It's funny. It's always funny when I talk to people like yourself or, you know, some people even longer where I'm like, Hey, I've been enjoying your music for a very long time. Uh, 10 years is a long fucking time at least, you really? know? So, so, so I always want to make sure I say thanks to you for, for doing it and uh, for letting me be a part of it. And I know that I get the opportunity to say it to your face. So I like to take it, but I know I'm not the only one. So I think that's
0: very cool. I
3: appreciate it, man. I mean, shit. I mean, if it wasn't for people like you, I mean, I always say it all the time. I'm like, it's really crazy to be able to make art and music. And it's such a place, a channel that I feel like I have to do, but it's also such an amazing thing that like that people enjoy it, that they get something out of it. Like it's very, you know, thank you and thank everybody that listens to this, or you know, yeah it's I'm thankful, so thankful I mean it's amazing to me that people enjoy it and and like it, so it means a lot.
2: you have it that was my conversation with josh weaver of royal thunder the song you just heard was fade of course that comes from the new album rebuilding the mountain available everywhere right now courtesy of Spine Farm Records. I know I just thanked Josh in our conversation, but I'm going to thank him again here because this and then is several days apart. All right. So he's due for another thanks. Thanks for talking to me, Josh. Thanks for the being in such an excellent band, releasing so many cool records over the years. I really enjoy Royal Thunder. And I hope if uh, you, the listener, were unfamiliar with them previously, prior to this podcast. This was a uh, thorough introduction and you'll check them out and dig in and find all the things that I enjoy about them as well. Uh, You know what else I want you to do? Other than that, homework is go over to getting Check out what's going on there. A little slow uh, as far as updates this week, getting into the swing of summer. And that means uh, extra time in the morning needed to drive to summer camps and such. So not as much time, not as much free time for me to get site updates in. But we're only three days into this. So I will figure it out. I got to figure out how to work in the exercise, the kid time and the drive time, the commute that I now have for work, whatever. We'll figure it out. And the site will keep humming as it has for over a year now. Getting it out. dot net has been up there for over a year. The podcast, of course, has been here for over six years at this point, And literally nothing has stopped it yet. So I don't see why that would change anytime soon. Uh, But uh, please make sure you watch the NBA draft on Thursday night. Who knows where this Victor Wembanyama guy is going to end up? Definitely the San Antonio Spurs. But after that, after that, we're in for a world of uh, world trades. I think Scoot Henderson, where's he going to go? Brandon Miller. Does Denver? I'm not sorry. Not Denver. Does Portland keep the pick? Do they trade it? What about Detroit? Interesting spot. I think they're like pick five. Who do they want to put with Cade? Do they want to? They want to trade that pick? Try to get a uh, try to get a veteran in there. I don't know. We'll see. Lots of things can happen. Dallas is definitely going to move at number ten pick, right? Who knows? Philadelphia doesn't have a pick in the draft. They got to make some sort of move. Tobias Harris is his days coming to an end? Find all that out in more. On Thursday during the NBA draft, Uh, I always like acting like this is an NBA podcast, especially uh, at every point, because I want you to listen to that. Anyway, that's it for this one. Before we get out of here, though, I'm going to end it with a track from Bog Monkey. Are you familiar with Bog Monkey? Uh, I, I hope you are. But if you aren't, I'm happy to tell you about them. They are also coincidentally from Atlanta, Georgia, like uh, Royal Thunder. And they just put out a new record on, uh, and maybe it was self, or maybe it was self-released. I'm not sure exactly what label put it out or if any has. It's called Hollow. And I first checked it out over on uh, the streaming world, but, um, but I've, I've come to really enjoy it and I've returned to it several times. It's got some cool artwork. Uh, just check, check them out. I'm going to help you out with that. And I'm going to play you a track from that album, hollow. This one is the first track it's called crow. Check it out. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.